Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And DraftKings went public today. They are now a publicly traded stock. DKNG closed at $19.35 a share. So they are now publicly owned. So to the guys who uh, run the company, who I know, thank uh, congratulations. So uh, DKNG is their uh, symbol. All right. Uh, round two, seven o'clock this evening. Scott Pioli joins us now. Uh, longtime NFL executive, Pats, Falcons, Chiefs, among others. Scott, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well, Mike. Thanks again for having me. My Here's pleasure. Uh, listen, last night uh, we talked about Tua. Uh, I kind of put you on a spot, and you hit it right on the head. You said, uh, "I don't. I do think he'll go early. I do think they'll take the chance." We talked about. All the subterfuge, we talked about all the nonsense. Clearly, uh, the, the Dolphins had sent out the word to reporters. I don't doubt for a second that they did, that they were going to take another quarterback, that they were going to pass on him for medical reasons, and then they said, we got our man, which we all knew they would say afterwards anyway. Uh, and they got their guy, so they didn't have to trade up to five to get him, to three to get him. They got him at five, and then they were very happy. So, again, we know there's games played, and there was a perfect example. Yeah, and you know, Mike, I, I like to pick, and it was interesting as we were watching this unfold to the, um, you know, we talked about it yesterday, how, how much of a risk pick this was, and you've got to decide if you're going to be a risk taker or not. The good news is for the Dolphins and Dolphins fans is they had two more picks in the first round. So this, when you have that much mental cushion, you think that you can actually take a risk. They're taking a medical risk, but I think one of the things that we found out through this process is that the the Dolphins doctor or the, the doctor that was checking on his hip is a doctor that the Dolphins know very well. And again, I know I referenced this the other day, the Jalen Smith situation with the Cowboys and how their doctor was in the know and knew more or knew something that at least the doctor that they knew, they had confidence in the doctor as well. So I think that this is a wise pick. The other thing is this, Mike. You know, they're sitting there right now. Tua doesn't have to play right now in this September. Football starts this September. He doesn't have to be on the field. They've got Ryan Fitzpatrick who can win game, who games, who has won games. Oh, and by the way, there's these other we had this game of musical quarterbacks this year where there were more quarterbacks than there were starting positions. And there's a couple of quarterbacks, regardless of what what, what you think of them, Jameis Winston and Cam have played in this league. They've won games. So there's going to be quarterbacks, and there are quarterbacks available that could take some of the time 
you know, while Tua grows and while they're ready for him to play. All right, there's four. There were four tackles, tightly bunched, uh, and they went from four to thirteen. Uh, everybody had them in different orders. Each guy was a little different. Um, they all went premium picks, starting with the Giants at four, Jets at eleven, and then finally Tampa trading up and taking the fourth one. Uh, Werfs out of Iowa. Um, what do you think about what the Giants? Let's start with the Giants. What do you think about what the Giants did with their pick at four? Yeah, you know, I'm comfortable with it. You know, here's the thing. I think, as we talked about this uh, several times, Mike, there were four good tackles available. All four, I think, are going to be 10-plus year starters, the, the, the top four that were picked. And each of one of them is a different flavor, right? And I kept on talking, or I, I mentioned that, you know, I'm a big guy, I like ice cream, and it depends on what flavor you want. And I think with Andrew Thomas, in my opinion, he's probably the most game-ready, NFL game-ready of the group. I felt that worse had the highest upside that was safe upside. I also think that the other two have upside. Theirs is a little bit more risky. But with Thomas and the Giants, again, I don't know this, but I would bet that Dave Gettling made this decision, but I'm certain that he spoke with his head coach. I'm also sure that he spoke with Jason Garrett, who's probably an important part of the decision-making in terms of personnel on offense, in terms of input. And I'm sure with all of this time that they had to have conversations without other interruptions that they talked about, hey, Jason, if you're wanting a tackle, you know, what is going to be the best fit for you? So I, I really think that this is more, you know, Dave Gettleman has to make the decision, but I believe that he was, I don't know this, but I believe he was collaborative to make sure that they got the best player that fits their scheme and their system. All right, let me go to today. As you start the second round, you have a day off between the first and second rounds these days. So you have the, you got a chance to restart everything. If you're the Pats, and you've been in that room many times, and your first pick's going to be 37, the Pats love that. They love picking down in those. They love picking between 30 and 60. They think everything comes together then. You know that. They think that value and ability and everything comes together in terms of those picks there. They are five picks in. How, how aggressive will they be? Will they be targeting one guy? Will they feel there's plenty of players for them there? What, what, what's the scenario when you've got a day to plan and now you're into the next round and you're five picks from the top? Well, I think that, that I'm certain that there's one player or two players that they really like. But I also know that how we learn to do things together is that you better have a group of players when you're that far away. So I'm sure there's a group of, again, they're five, six picks away. I'm sure there's a group of players that they've said, all right, we're hoping at least one of these five guys are there. And that's, you know, something that we would do when we went into each round or each day, each new day, we would say, okay, if we can come out of the day with any one of these guys who we really like and we think are legitimate players that we like and would fit us, that would be a good day. I think the other thing that they have that they have you touched on, Mike, is they have four third round picks. So they've got a ton of ammunition where they could sit where they're at in the second round. Again, they didn't have a second round pick, yes, uh, coming into this because they traded away to Sanu. So they can sit there and let the draft come to them, which again was another thing that, you know, Bill and I talked about an awful lot when we were together was listen, don't be still sometimes. Let the draft come to you and only be aggressive when you need to be and have to be. Be more thoughtful than aggressive. And 
the other thing is, you know, they've got those four third-round picks. Maybe some of that accumulation of picks is to move up and down, or maybe it's for Andy Dalton. You know, that, that situation is still out there. That hasn't gone away. And I'm not talk- just talking about the Patriots. I'm talking about any team that might have uh, the desire for Andy Dalton. Uh, we're talking with Scott Pioli, of course. Scott, when they trade out last night, are they, are they, had they, in your mind, made that play before the day started, or was it that their player that they were maybe targeting was gone and there was nobody left they liked in that neighborhood? I think going into it, again, just knowing the school of thought, not exactly what Bill was thinking, but being from the same school of thought, you go into it knowing that it's a possibility. Again, you go into the draft saying, okay, we're sitting at 23. If any one of these players from this group that we really like, that we think, we know Joe Burrow's not going to be there. We know Young, Chase Young is not going to be there. We know who's not going to be there, but anyone in this group, if that player's there, we will take the chance. If not, let's make sure that we're prepared to move back. And if this player that we think is on the frame is there, do we want to stay there or move back? That's a lot of the pre-thought that goes into this in terms of the strategy. So I think they had a plan for either thing. If there was a player there that they liked, they were going to be ready to take him. If not, they were hoping that they could find a trade partner, which which they did. When Tampa traded up one slot to get Werfs last night, you think their information was that someone else was trying to trade into the same slot? Or they have, I mean, what was their reasoning for going up just one slot? I think, first of all, I love that. I got to say this, Mike, I love that pick because they had good intel. And as I've kind of investigated a little bit, they thought someone else was getting ready to trade up there. Figured that, that. okay. That team did have an offer in there, um, and they had to best the offer, which is why they gave up a little bit more than maybe you would think going from 14 to 13. Um, You know, Mike, I go back to the 2003 draft, and I know that's a lifetime ago almost, but we were in the same exact position where we were at 14, the Bears were at 13. We knew the Bears wanted a defensive lineman, we knew we were going for a defensive lineman. There was a player by the name of Ty Warren out of Texas A&M who we absolutely loved. And we called the Bears. We didn't talk about we, – we knew they were going defensive linemen. They knew we were going defensive linemen. We traded them a sixth-round pick to move up one spot. We ended up taking Ty Warren, gave up the sixth. They picked at 14. And in the Bears' mind, they were ecstatic because – they took Michael Haynes, the defensive lineman, who they absolutely loved, and they picked up a six-round pick. In our draft room, we didn't care because we felt it was worth it. In the case of the Buccaneers, you know, I've been in touch with them, and they they were very happy that they did it, and I think it was a brilliant move. They felt someone else was going to jump up there. I confirmed with the other team that they were trying to jump up there. So they made that pick. And, again, for what Jason Light and Bruce Arians gave up to get that player and move up one spot, Heck, they won't even be thinking about that pick when it's time for them to be on the clock where they should have been. Talking with Scott Pioli about tonight's draft, second round coming up in a half hour. We'll have it coverage here on the fan. Uh, Scott, they the Packers make the move. The reports coming out of Green Bay is that they had not told Rodgers they were taking the quarterback. Uh, a, do you believe that? And B, do you think that's the wisest course of action, or do you think he deserves a courtesy call, or does he, in your mind, does he not deserve a courtesy call as that unfolds? Well, I, you know, one thing about this game, Mike, is, and, and I say this with all due respect, because it applies to players, coaches, front office people, this is an unforgiving game. 
And when people have an opportunity to be empathetic, they should be. I don't think that, and I'm not saying this to be disrespectful to Aaron at all, when you're in the midst of it, you don't have the time to make those calls and to get everything done under these They may have thought that they were going to draft Jordan Love, but I don't know when they make that call to let Aaron know. You certainly don't make the call earlier that day. You don't make the call the day before and say, hey, by the way, if our player's there, we might take a quarterback. That, to me, is almost more disrespectful and might make the squirrel run up his leg, you know, even worse than it does. So, you know, it's the thing about this game and life, Mike. It's it's everyone in every job. Your time is going to come. And rarely, if ever, and you know the saying, rarely, if ever, does it end the way you want, particularly in this business. And we're all going to get cut. We're all going to get fired. We're all going to have it end before we want to. Now, if there's an opportunity to do that, a true opportunity to spend, because that's not a one-second call either. When you're on the clock, you've got 10 minutes, you've got to make this pick, you've got to contact the league, the people are in isolation, there's so much going on. Can you really make that call to Aaron Rodgers and be as truly authentically empathetic as you need to be? I don't think it's possible. It's almost even more disrespectful. Hey, Aaron, listen, just want to let you know we're picking this guy, got to go, we'll talk later. Boom. I don't know if that's right either. So I think this is one of those situations where people are going to look to make someone the villain or try to get something to build this divide. And again, let's remember, this divide has been trying. They've tried to make this divide between Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers since Matt LaFleur got there. There were all of these things that they weren't going to be able to get along. And again, it adds drama. It gives people something to talk about. They have got me. They haven't gotten along perfectly, but they've got along well enough to win and win together and be happy when they win, to hug each other when they win. And we keep wanting to go back to this well to create drama or to create. This is what happens when someone doesn't like somebody, right? There's people out there that don't either like Aaron Rodgers and they want to make him look bad, or they don't like Matt Lafleur and they want to make him look bad, rather than letting people just be. You know, Matt and Brian Gutekunst have an obligation to the Green Bay Packers, the ownership, which is, you know, the board, to the other 52 players on the team, the millions of Packers fans, you know, that are in this world. They've got an obligation. They've got a 36-year-old quarterback who, even though he's played every game, has been getting banged up. The end is near. That may be three years away. It may be two years. It may be four. But they've got to prepare for the future. They've got that obligation. Talking with Scott Pioli about the draft. Scott, when you get through the first round and you now have this luxury of, while well, you're going to do the second and third round tonight in mass before you get to the break again, and then you get home and you're, or you're working and everybody's going through and you're reestablishing your board and you're like, whoa, look who's still on the board. Look who's here. And maybe there's one or two guys who you guys thought for sure was going to be off the board, okay? Do you start mm-hmm. to think that you missed something on these guys? Are you going to run back and do due diligence to see if you, there's a reason, medical, behavioral, something that you missed? Are you going to be doing extra due diligence? Would it make you go back in on a guy like that, or would it make you run away from a guy like that? I think it just causes you to, and again, this is why you have a scouting staff. This is why you hire people. You don't do it in panic. What you do is, when you, like you say, Mike, you get done with two days, and there's a guy sitting there in the fourth round, you're like, wow, that's weird. Why is that guy still there? You know, um, part of it, as silly as it sounds, it was one of the, the kidding questions that came up with Brady back in 2000. 
you know, we were surprised he was still there because Dick Rabine loved him, Bill loved him, I did, Ernie Adams did, Charlie did. And we're like, okay, you know, it, it, it's the fifth round, it's now the sixth round, is everything okay? We knew that there wasn't a character problem, but getting back to a player where there might be a character problem or there might be an issue, this is when you pick up the phone and you call your boots on the ground scout and you say, listen, this is your area, you're at the University of Alabama, what's the deal? Why, what are you hearing? Why hasn't this guy gone? And the truth is, Mike, as the draft is going on, what many of the area scouts are doing, even while they're in the draft room, they're staying in touch with their sources and their people at these schools in these areas gotcha. if they've got players that are favored. So they're already doing that. But now the general manager or the head coach might say, hey, listen, you know, check with your guy down in Tuscaloosa. And I it may not and I'm not talking to Nick Saban, I'm talking to the guy who, who works at, you know, at, at the barbecue place. Right. Um, Dreamland. Well, how about that? Let's say to, let's say a guy like Swift tonight. Everyone had Swift going off the board yesterday. He now running backs are tricky now. A lot of them don't go in the first round anymore. We know that, okay? And then Andy takes a different back because he has a purpose for his back and his offense, which is Andy. Andy's a mad scientist. Yeah. We know that he's going to take a guy that he envisions doing. Yeah, he's great. I mean, he does, you know, we know what he does. So that's not a knock that he's there. We know that. that He's a good player. We know that he's a you know a guy that people had. Some people had him as the. I saw one today. A guy saying I had him as the twelfth best player. I had him as the fifteenth best player. I had him as this. I had him at that. He's at a position which we know gets a little devalued now. I mean, you know, you're going to hear from his people. You're going to hear from his agent. You're going to hear from people trying to drum up uh, business for him. Uh, how much buzz, how much talk has there been about him with teams throughout the league today? Well, I, I think, but I, I don't think people are worried about him, Mike. It goes back to what you were saying at the beginning. Yes, Andy Reid took a running back. He needed a running back. He wanted a running back. He took the guy that fits, fits him, his no question, and his right. culture. And right. that's, and that's, but go to your point, Mike, where you're saying, well, I had this guy 14th, I had this guy, well, I had the tackles right, stacked this way. Right. Well, if you, Again, there's only 32 teams that have a culture that matters, that have a coaching staff or a philosophy offensively or defensively that matters. My opinion right now doesn't mean bumpkiss, right? It doesn't matter what I think or what my rankings are because Kyle Shanahan is going to draft what's best for his culture, his system. I could have guys ranked however I want to have them, but it really doesn't matter because I don't have a football team right now. So, you know what I'm saying? So, I think it goes up to, it goes down to, the leaders of those organizations are going to make decisions that are either going to be right or wrong, but they're going to be making decisions not only the best running back, but how does this is this guy a zone? Is he a downhill guy? Is he a change of direction guy? Is he a first and second down back? Is he a third down back? Is he every third? You know, is all three down back? Is he going to be able to play on special teams? Some some you know teams have a greater value on special te- special teams running backs or running backs can contribute on special teams, so. It's again, you, you pick what you think is going to fit your philosophy on offense and defense and special teams the best, and that's what you go with. How much second and third rounds are still premium picks? We know that. Yeah. I mean, there's as many good a chance of getting a pro bowler on the second and third round as there is on the first round. We understand that. Those are premium picks. You still want to be very buttoned down. You're not going to take a whole lot of chances with your second and thirds, right? You're really still playing those very close to the vest. For the most part, yes, Mike. And I'll say this. I know mistakes that I was a part of or picks that didn't work out. When we stuck to 
um, all the right things. I go back again to a guy like Rodney Hudson, all right, in Kansas City, who's going on to be a Pro Bowl. I stuck to a guy who had the makeup, had the character. I wasn't taking a risk um, because of height, falling in love with height, weight, speed, and tools. The player made it. Dion Branch, a good second round pick, right? But Dion Branch was smart. He was. He had the tools. He wasn't the prototype because he was shorter, but he had the work ethic. He had the work habit. He was able to make it. And then a guy like Chad Jackson, no disrespect to Chad Jackson at all, but he was a different type player. We went after a guy who needed development. He was a pure straight line speed guy, big wide receiver, looked beautiful, but it wasn't the right pick for our system and our culture, and it didn't work out. I think what works out in the second, third round is when you stick to the things that are important to you and you usually have a better chance of those players working out. This is a round, though, where people take some risks, where they go for the hype, weight, speed guy, or they go with the guy who possibly has some character issues and think, okay, it's less of a risk. It's going to cost me less if this thing goes belly up. If this player doesn't work out and it's a bust, it'll cost me far less guaranteed dollars, and you know the risk is somewhat mitigated. Thanks very much. We'll chat over the weekend. Thanks, Scott, very much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. All right, Scott Pioli, back after this. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.